0: This is Women in Revival podcast. Today we are starting a series called My Life as a Garden. Our topic for today is becoming an oak of righteousness. We will be seeing how God wants us to become his oaks of righteousness. Oaks are sturdy and strong. He wants us to become sturdy and strong righteous people. He doesn't want us to be like a vine, which is not strong and sturdy. He wants us to be an oak of his own righteousness. Deborah Shinobi will now introduce us to Elna Zivat. He's going to take us further on this subject. Thank
1: you, Esther. Yeah. I am delighted to introduce to you my dear beloved friend and his sister in the faith, who indeed will be taking us throughout this series. And I am praying that the Lord himself will engage your heart as Elna brings us God's word. We met some couple of weeks ago, even at a ladies' brunch, which she called. And it was such a great blessing to every one of us who attended. Um, The topic she's handling is the topic we handled even at this brunch. I am praying that the Lord will speak to each and every of your heart. Thank you. Let's go and listen to Elna.
2: Um, today, I would like us to look at our life compared to that of a garden. If you could imagine yourself um, as this, you know, picture this 3D garden where you've got the ground, and a tree coming out um, above in the middle with lots of flowers surrounded that um that tree surrounded by lots of flowers. And then um if you look below the ground you've got the soil and the roots of the tree going down. So if um if you bear that in mind, I I was inspired not too long ago by two of my friends in Christ, um you know, with regards to the oak of being an oak of righteousness. And um, so I bought this book, The Oak Inside the Acorn, by Max Locado. And it's basically about a little acorn hanging on mummy oak tree. And um, he's quite scared to drop off eventually and, you know, go into the big wide world. But his mummy always reassured him that inside him there's a big oak. Just be the tree God made you to be and so eventually the um, one by one his brothers and sisters fell off all the little acorns and and then eventually it was his turn and he found himself in an orange grove eventually um, the farmer dug him up and put him in the um, um, next to the farmhouse and that's where he grew but he always looked over to the orange trees, seeing how they're producing these lovely oranges and never quite understanding why he's not producing any oranges. But at the end of the day, he he came to realize what his purpose in life was. If I can just read one little section in that book where it says, Orange tree's voice was sleepy as it was autumn. Just settle in, little friend, and rest he said to the little acorn, God will make you grow. And so the little acorn did just that. He rested that night, the next day, the next week. He sank deeper and deeper into the ground and slumbered and slept a long, long time. This part of the book reminded me of Psalms 23, where it says, He makes me lie down in green pastures. If you think of... Ruth who rested at Boaz's feet, Darius and Mary at Jesus's feet. Throughout what I'm about to say let's be mindful of the fact that when we grow we need to grow at the feet of Jesus. Not too long ago my little girl had a a project at school and it was all about the process of a flowering plant and I thought with me thinking of my life as a garden what do I look like above and below the ground, let me, um, that was quite inspiring my girl's little project, And, and so looking at all the processes of a flowering plant, if I just look at the first three, the seeds, germination and growing, thinking of the seeds, what seed is planted in the middle of my heart? You can only produce what you've planted. We've heard it said so many times, apple seeds will produce apple trees, orange seeds will produce orange trees. But if I want to be an oak of righteousness, who can stand firm in the midst of all my trials and tribulations, even if waters come gushing by my roots, needs to be so rooted in Christ... I need to be able to stand firm. And if I want to be an oak of righteousness, I need to plant the acorn. I need to look at the word of God and plant that seed in my heart. Too many of us look at Facebook, for example, or many other forms, um, especially media-related forms or platforms. And that is what we fill our minds with. It is necessary, I, I believe, to just to rest and, you know, to to chill out with your family but if you look at all the spare time you have in the day how much of us how much of it are we really willing to offer back to the Lord he gave us this time this life and how much are we giving back to him we want you know we know God's this seed this word of God is the truth Jesus um, the, the Bible says in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God And the word um, came and dwelled among us. He became flesh and he dwelled among us. And we know that Jesus is the way, the truth and the life. And that no one can come to the Father except through him. So we know this word is the truth. We know it's a weapon, it's our sword. It's alive and active and sharper than any two-edged sword. But we need to be reminded that we need to play an active part in order for this word to be alive and active in me. What do I need to do? I need to pick it up. I need to read it so that those seeds can take root in my heart. It's a lamp onto our feet. And this wonderful word of the Lord cannot return void. But if we don't know it, if if we hit a a trial or a, um, a situation in our lives, and we don't have this seed of God planted in our hearts, then we don't really know what to do. We don't know how to fight because we don't have this word planted in our heart. So I'm so many times as a mum, my children will, will ask me, Mum, where is this? Where is that? And I'll point out to them because I generally have a million and one things on my mind or busy with you know cooking or whatever. So if I'm busy with something, I'll just point out and I'll say, There it is. But my kids expect me to audibly tell them, because at the point where I say to them, there it is, they'll just look down on the ground and start looking, walking around in circles, trying to find this item. But if only they would look up and see the direction where I'm pointing at, and I feel God is like that with us sometimes we're we're expecting him sometimes to just give us a clear answer for somebody to for him to use another person to knock on our door and say god's given me a word this is the word but he doesn't always work like that sometimes all these promises um and the the way he wants us to go is all hidden in his word the more we dig in the more he will reveal to us his beautiful truths and all those truths and the promises of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob can become a reality in our life, but we need to plant that seed in our heart.
0: This is Women in Revival podcast. Today we are starting a series called The Hiding Place. Our topic for today is God drew the battle line. Today we will be seeing how God drew a battle line between the woman and the serpent. He has drawn a battle line in the midst of this war between the woman and the serpent that women would be
1: victorious.
0: The will now take us further on this
1: subject father god i just want to thank you lord thank you for this privilege to start this series thank you for your heartbeat for the female folk thank you for your interest in our lives as we go into this series speak that our ears might hear you that our hearts might receive of you thank you jesus In Jesus' name, Amen. I want to welcome you onto this series again. We are trusting God to speak to our hearts, to challenge our hearts afresh as women. I want to encourage you to share this broadcast with your loved ones. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. You can subscribe also to our podcast via our app women in revival app which you can download on google play search for women in revival on google play and then subscribe to the podcast so you will automatically get the podcast either on your phone or in your email so do subscribe and also on our website you can subscribe also on our website to a few of our resources and then As we go through this series, if there are issues, if there is any aspect of the broadcast that you want to discuss further, please do feel free to contact us. Our website address is www.oakofrighteousness.co.uk and I am praying that as you visit the website, you will find all the resources that might be useful for you in your journey of faith today we are starting a series tagged the hiding place yesterday i was at a friend's brunch a sister in the faith and um, she usually calls a brunch in our home and this year she tagged it my heart there is more and as i sat and see different women brought Input into our lives as women, my heart was encouraged, seeing our heart compared to garden and the type of seed that is sown into our hearts and seeing the need to cultivate a personal time with God in this word and in prayer. And I also brought a word from the book of Revelation chapter 12, which is what we will be going through on this series. The hiding place. I am praying that the Lord Himself will speak to your heart even as we go through this series together. Do feel free to share the links to the broadcast with your loved ones. Today, we want to look at God Drew the Battle Line. So, the topic I'm handling today is God Drew the Battle Line. And when was it that God Drew the Battle Line? Who did God Drew the Battle Line for? Let us go back to the book of the beginnings, the book of Genesis. Um, One of the things we have been taught is whenever you want to know what something originally was, we have been told to look for the original copy of that thing. And if there is a need for amendment, you will be able to make the right amendment having a correct copy of whatsoever the thing is so let us go back to the book of the beginnings genesis chapter 3 and we are reading verse 15 this is after the fall of man and woman let us see what the scripture have to say to us it says and i will put enmity between thee and the woman and between thy seed and her seed it shall bruise thy head and thou shalt bruise his heel. This scripture has been one of my favorite scripture in life as a woman. And we see God here immediately after the fall of the woman and the man, God spoke a punishment to the serpent, to the woman and to the man. And here in chapter three verse fifteen, God was actually decreeing the punishment that the serpent deserved. And punishment that went to the serpent was that he will eat of the dust and crawl on his belly and things like that. And one of the punishment that God placed also upon the serpent that affected us women is this verse 15. So God was speaking to the serpent in this verse 15 that look, you serpent that deceived the woman. I am going to put enmity... Between you and the woman. Whatsoever friendship that came in between you that caused you to befell her, I am going to put an enmity there. So God says, I will put an hatred in the heart of the woman against you, the devil. It says, and between the woman's seed and your seed. And this is how they will carry out this hatred, this enmity. The seed of the woman will bruise the head of the serpent. And then the serpent will bruise the heel of the woman's seed. So we see here that from the very beginning, after the fall, God drew a battle line between womanhood and the devil. But unfortunately for many, many, many women in the church, we are not quickly aware, we are not quickly informed of this battle line that God drew between us and the devil. So, unfortunately, the enemy understood what God spoke in the garden and is running ahead with this vision. He labored day and night to bruise our heel. He labors day and night to bruise the heel of our children. Why? He understood his part, his portion of what God said in the Garden of Eden. That he will bruise the heel of the woman's seed. And if you look at this scripture, you can see that God has given the woman an upper hand over the serpent. God has given the woman an upper hand over the devil. God says, it shall bruise thy head. To destroy a snake totally, you need to crush the head. And we are saying if the head is crushed, the serpent have no capacity anymore to bruise the heel of the woman, neither of her seed. Mary, the mother of Jesus, became that woman indeed. whose seed bruised the head of the serpent. Our Lord Jesus became that capital S seed that bruise the head of the serpent on the cross of Calvary. But yet, as many that claim they have become born again, have this mission also to fulfill in life. They have the mission of bruising the head of the serpent. So it is not strange that women are going through all sorts of challenges and difficulty in life. It is because the enemy wants women not to fulfill their aspect, their part of what God spoke in Genesis. Mary fulfilled us against all odds, against all limitation. She brought forth the seed that bruised the head of the serpent for humanity at Calvary. So why would you not fulfill yours? Why will life difficulty, life challenges keep you bound? I am praying that in the course of this series, God will do a work in your heart where you will arise with boldness, with strength to bruise the head of the serpent. Psalm 68 verse 11 says, The Lord gave the word, great was the company of those that published it. This again is one of my life scriptures. I love it. I love it in an old, old living Bible. I came across it, I don't know, maybe 10 or 11 years ago, and it has become one of my favorite scripture in life. And that New Living Translation says, the Lord announced the word and throngs of women shout the happy news. Are you going to be part of the women who will be shouting God's happy news of victory? God, who drew the battle line between the female folk and the devil, actually gave victory unto the woman, and this victory was actually effected by Christ's death at Calvary. I am praying that you will be part of the women who will indeed shout this happiness, who will indeed become victorious over life difficulty, over addiction, over depression, over whatsoever it is that may be seeking to keep you bound. May I close this broadcast as I read 2 Corinthians 2, verse 14 to 16. And it says, Now, thanks be unto God, which always causeth us to triumph in Christ, and make it manifest the savour of his knowledge by us in every place. Thanks be unto God. And I think that word, always, I love it. God always calls his children, his women to triumph. I cannot promise you that there is no difficulty, there is no challenge coming tomorrow. I cannot promise you that your health may be forever good. I cannot promise you what the state of your marriage will forever be. But one thing I can promise you is this. God always calls us to triumph in Christ. As long as you remain in Christ, God will cause you to triumph. And it will make manifest through your life the savour, the fragrance of his knowledge in every place. Wherever you find yourself, in the midst of what life throws at you, your life becomes a perfume for many others around you. Amen.